Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Agriculture and the Classroom Manitoba Executive Director, Sue Clayton. Also, we'll have details on last week's announcement regarding the Agriculture and Food Business Solutions Fund. And up first in today's country comment, provincial entomologist John Gavlosky will stop by to give us an insect outlook for the upcoming year. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us on the program today is provincial entomologist John Gavlosky. He gave us an outlook for grasshoppers for this upcoming season. In a nutshell, for Manitoba, we have some areas that are I'll see at more of a moderate risk for this year. Some areas on our forecast map rated as low. Um, we had some very good conditions in August for egg laying. September, less so. It rained quite a bit. But those eggs should survive quite well. They're pretty much uh, impermeable to, to rain. They can actually sit for a good week or more submerged in water and not get killed. So... Um, Going into this year, we want to certainly be on our guard for grasshoppers. Now, on a prairie-wide level, we do a survey every August, and a prairie-wide forecast map gets put out. Uh, some areas of the prairies were at lower risk, and even parts of Manitoba, but we did have some areas of Manitoba that were certainly into more of that moderate risk area. If we do have a very dry summer, I think grasshoppers will be something that we definitely have to be looking for. Other insects that are uh, going to be a concern this year? Again, it's always hard to predict in advance because a lot depends on weather and natural enemies. Um, Cutworms and flea beetles would be the other two that I would be very vigilant about. Uh, Cutworms, their population, um, I I hope it's peaking. It it was at a very high level last year, uh, higher than we had seen in quite some time. Normally, their populations are almost bell curve-like where they build up over a number of years and then taper off. Uh, so once again, I'm hoping that was the peak year, but um, regardless, I think cutworms, especially as we get into late May and June and the crops start coming up, uh, watch your fields carefully for cutworms and flea beetles. It's going to be a tricky one this year. Hard to say what will happen because uh, there will be a lot of later seeding, which sometimes can be helpful in helping the uh, canola get past the flea beetles. If we get the canola in the ground, the ground is warm enough, and we get some good rains to help it along, and they can get three to four true leaves within a few weeks. You should be good, but if not, you'll need to watch for flea beetles as well. That was John Gavlosky, entomologist with Manitoba Agriculture. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Last week, the federal government announced the launch of a $100 million agriculture and food business solutions fund. Farm Credit Canada is the sole investor in the fund, which was launched in partnership with Forge Capital. Rebecca Clark is FCC's Vice President and Treasurer. The intention of supporting businesses in ag and food that may have experienced a unexpected business disruption, such as COVID-19 pandemic, but we all know that there'll be other disruptions and things happen every day. So it's meant to be through this time, but as well as into the future. Clark notes the fund is now active. And farmers will be taking a close look at their soil test this year when it comes to evaluating their soil nitrogen status. Mervyn St. Luce is a research scientist in soil fertility with agriculture and agri-food Canada. 
He notes nitrogen is highly mobile and does not stay in one spot, adding that generally crops take up less than 50% of the nitrogen applied. Forecast for this year so far says most of the province is looking okay in terms of moisture. So that's going to be a driver, which is the big driver here. Um, however, uh, we have to know what our soil and levels are before we go in and, and um, apply fertilizer. He says soil tests can help determine what your crop nitrogen removal was, what your residue amounts are, and based on that, what your target yield is going to be for this year, which can help in determining how much fertilizer you need to add. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, May 19th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from CCA Vice President Reg Schellenberg. Up first, we'll have details on last week's agriculture and food business solutions fund announcements. A $100 million Agriculture and Food Business Solutions Fund was announced last week by the federal government. The fund was established to support proven viable companies through unexpected business disruptions such as the COVID-19 pandemic. Farm Credit Canada is the sole investor in the fund, which was launched in partnership with Forge Capital. Rebecca Clark is FCC's Vice President and Treasurer. The Prime Minister and... and, uh our Ag and Food uh, Minister had announced that FCC was launching a $100 million venture fund, uh, the Ag and Food Business Solutions Fund, in partnership with Forge Capital, with the intention of supporting businesses in ag and food that may have experienced a unexpected business disrupt- disruption, such as COVID-19 pandemic, but we all know that there'll be other disruptions and things happen every day. So it's meant to be through this time, but as well as into the future. Now tell us a little bit about um, how the the fund will work. I guess who will be eligible? Yeah, so any... any sector of ag, so from primary production to distribution and packaging to, uh, you know, aquaculture to forestry to, to all of our industries in ag across Canada are eligible, but they will need to demonstrate that they've had uh, experienced some type of business disruption to their business. And they also needed to be companies that were, you know, on the right path, strong companies before that disruption and just need some support to get through uh, you know, a, a, a situation that has occurred with their business. When uh, will these uh, funds be available? So the fund is, is now active. Uh, individuals can reach out to Forge Capital. Uh, they have a website that you can uh, look for and contact them through that. And they will walk you through an application process um, and provide more information. Anything else to add on your part? Yeah, I would just say that FCC, uh, this is another way that FCC is proud to support the industry that we serve every day and have for many years. Uh, venture capital is just another means that FCC can provide that support to, uh, you know, the producers and our customers in Canada. And we're excited for this opportunity and another way to support them through this time. That was Rebecca Clark, Farm Credit Canada's Vice President and Treasurer. She was talking about last week's $100 million announcement for the Agriculture and Food Business Solutions Fund. (music) 
Saskatchewan beef producers may want to take a second look at the Western Livestock Price Insurance Program. Since COVID-19 premiums for the program have jumped significantly, last week the Saskatchewan government announced it would temporarily provide 40% of the increased premium costs back to producers, retroactive to February 25th of 2020. Glenda Lee Allen-Vosser talked with Saskatchewan producer and CCA Vice President Reg Schellenberg on the announcement and the impact for the industry since COVID-19. The impact on the beef industry has been exponentially very difficult. When the plant closures were starting to uh, take place and cattle were being uh, left left on, on hold, the backlog accumulated rapidly and caused the value of those cattle to decline to the point of about $600 a head. The cost to keep those cattle on feed was also piling up at $4 per day per head. So it had a huge impact on their values. The futures went down, and so therefore opportunities for uh, producers to sign up for price insurance. The premiums had skyrocketed, and it was basically unaffordable to even try and lock in a coverage that would protect yourself for your fall calf sales in October. So the challenge has been now to negotiate with governments to recognize the impact and come up with a set-aside program that would support the cattle that are delayed from processing and still on, on feed, offset some of those costs, and to also consider really hard at the unaffordable uh, premiums that Western Livestock Price Insurance was currently at. The price insurance indexes are established through the futures, and we all know what the futures have done since March 13th. Not just the beef industry, but every industry has been impacted directly because of COVID-19. And so therefore, the premiums were unaffordable. We've gone to government and said, we've got a program here that would give us protection, but we need to be able to purchase the premium that we can buy and lock in a reasonable value for an affordable price. Uh, the federal government was somewhat reluctant to, to support our price insurance asks because they have always viewed the Western Livestock Price Insurance as something that we in the West only have. And we tried uh, very hard at the CCA level to encourage them to consider the expansion of this program to, con- to include the eastern part of the country so we would have one national program. I know that the uh, producers in the Atlantic provinces would, uh, would be very appreciative of a chance to have a price insurance program where they could lock in a floor price on their cattle and it's just not even available. So those are some of the asks we've had with government. It's been a long, hard push. We appreciated the uh, fact that the Federal Agriculture Ministry did come forward with some set-aside funding that initiated the the beginning of some of the response, and uh, we appreciate that, and we're even more uh, very appreciative of the support we now got recently from Saskatchewan. We saw provincially in Saskatchewan the province announcing last week that they would provide 40% of the increased premium costs for producers. Talk to us about the the difference, the, the increase that we're seeing in the WL pet premiums. Okay, well, we're, we're really pleased and, and grateful for the uh, response that we got from Saskatchewan Minister of Agriculture. They've taken a leadership role in addressing the needs and the asks that the industry presented to them. Uh, rather than trying to make our crisis fit their solution, they came to industry and we worked out the negotiations on the Western Livestock Price Insurance and specifically addressed the unaffordable premiums. And so what they have done is they've selected a pre 
COVID price. So it's retroactive to February 25th. And that premium price at that time was $28. So producers that have enrolled since that date will have the opportunity to have a rebate on their premium of 40% of the increase. And for Saskatchewan producers, that's a very, very good opportunity in risk management. It's uh, it's something that we're glad to see, and we're hoping that the other provinces that also participate in WILPIP, British Columbia, Alberta, and Manitoba, will come on side and join the same approach so that we can go to the federal government and, and lobby them to, to come up with their 60% and expand this program for the entire country. Because there are provinces from Ontario East that do not have any price insurance of any kind even available to their producers. That's Red Schellenberg, the Vice President of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. For Golden West, I'm Glendale Allen Bossler. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to the farm desk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Cropsapalooza 2020 scheduled for July in Carberry has been cancelled. Brandon's Manitoba Summer Fair has been cancelled. The Red River Exhibition scheduled for this summer in Winnipeg has been cancelled. The 66th Manitoba Threshermen's Reunion and Stampede, originally scheduled to take place near Austin, has been cancelled. And Manitoba's Open Farm Day, which was to take place in September, has been cancelled. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon, we're joined by Sue Clayton. She's the Executive Director of Agriculture in the Classroom Manitoba. I asked Sue how the organization is adapting to COVID-19. We've switched to obviously entirely online resources and activities, which we've always had, but we've also done in-person programming. So those in-person programming options have been put on hold for now. And we've been sending teacher newsletters or, uh, by email, uh, by, by MailChimp, newsletters to teachers every couple of weeks full of resources and activities for students that they can either print off and send home with uh, in a package to students or where there's a link that they can email the link to the students and have them do it online. So, and we've, we've reached out to teachers um, and done a survey to find out what it is that they're looking for at the different grade levels and then responded to that by providing them with new resources to use. What sort of the format there? Are there like at-home projects or different um, worksheets or, or how does that look? Yeah, it depends on the, on the age. Um, and so it, it runs the whole gamut, Corey, of, of what they could, could be doing at different grade levels. So, for example, at the high school, we created some new resources, and one was on um, COVID-19 in Canada's food supply, and that was specifically targeted at grades 10 and 12 for a curriculum match. Um, and then again, there we did another one on COVID-19 in Canada's dairy industry. And so those were projects where we had them listen to some interviews and then, um, then answer some questions that would get them thinking about about Canada's agriculture industry and COVID's impact on food supply. And then for the younger students, we had things like, um, well, for grades five to eight, we did have a new, brand new resource that's based on Canada's new food guide. 
And so we just released that one to teachers. And then for the really young students, we had things like, um, you know, a book, like we had someone reading an agriculture book, one of our volunteers from Canadian Agriculture Literacy Month, um, Karis Hutlett, she did a video for us. And then we did a food gratitude project where, you know, they could just print off a one-page saying thank you for our food, and it had some little pictures on it. And then we encouraged people to um, draw a picture on there and, you know, thank anyone they wanted in the food supply industry and, and post those on social media. So it really, it's really all over the place, the types of activities or, or more detailed resources that, that teachers could do and that then parents could do at home with the students. Now, for you guys, um, have you had any um, upcoming events uh, postponed or cancelled? Yes, we are not. Obviously, we're not doing any events um, up until the end of June. So the Amazing Agriculture Adventure in Russell was cancelled. The Amazing Agriculture Adventure in Brandon was cancelled as well. Um, Our Canadian Agriculture Literacy Month was suspended partway through that program. And we're now looking at all of our fall programs and making decisions on those and you know some of that will be a closer we'll make decisions closer to the time and some of them will be making decisions fairly shortly that was sue clayton executive director with agriculture in the classroom manitoba another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment Time now for another look at today's farm news. Farmers are busy with spring seeding and applying fertilizer. Mervyn St. Louis is a research scientist in soil fertility with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada. He says ideally you want to utilize the nitrogen left over in your soil and add what's needed to produce the crop. Crops might utilize generally less than 50% or they will take up less than 50% of the nitrogen that is applied. Um... And that also depends on how the nitrogen is applied and when it is applied. So the four-hour nutrient management comes into place the right time, the right place, right source, right rate. He notes broadcasting fertilizer is going to have a lower efficiency while side and mid-row banding will increase efficiency. And a $100 million Agriculture and Food Business Solutions Fund was announced last week by the federal government. The fund was established to support proven viable companies through unexpected business disruptions such as the COVID-19 pandemic. Farm Credit Canada is the sole investor in the fund, which was launched in partnership with Forage Capital. Rebecca Clark is FCC's Vice President and Treasurer. Any sector of ag, so from primary production to distribution and packaging to aquaculture to forestry to to all of our industries in ag across Canada are eligible, but they will need to demonstrate that they've had uh, experienced some type of business disruption to their business. And they also needed to be companies that were, you know, on the right path, strong companies before that disruption and just need some support to get through a situation that has occurred with their business. Clark notes the fund is now active. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.